And we are live. Hello there, well, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Biscuit Conversations. And my guest today is the wonderful, talented person. Welcome, and thank you so much for coming. And I just had a problem. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know fully what your last name was earlier, did I? <laughs> so, thank you, firstly, for having me on this podcast. I feel absolutely blessed to have a platform to speak about what I love. Hopefully share that with people that might be interested. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. See, as you can tell, this is probably my first ever podcast. That's very good. <laughs> my seat a little bit. There we go. Never done this before, so really excited awesome. to, to get rolling with it. But yeah. Can I interest you in a something for start of the oh. ten? Or okay, yeah, so let's go for it. This is my uh, friend's uh, rum is going through a little bit of a gnarly time. At the moment, so shout outs to Mr. Mr. Gustavo. Darling. Absolutely. Shout out to you, Gustavo. We'll be having him on the podcast soon. We will, <laughs> I promise. So, just a little plug before we take this shot, just an FYI reminder shots are occasional, almost never, drinks almost always. But as a mindfulness person, I would say it's definitely worth having fun with your friends in a safe environment. So, here we are. That's a very good what plug. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay. Cheers, lunch. Let's do it. Mm. Like a champ. Wow. Get on you. You've got to get in there correctly, you know. You've got to start your start your evening right. You know. Yeah. Think, no, that's um, a very good quality run, so thank you to the Absolutely. Really appreciate that actually. <laughs> so Kirsten, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. um, okay, where do we start? Your yeah. microphone is your best friend. To okay. keep it taken with you everywhere that you travel okay. upon the like journey movement. across the. Um... Okay, I got it. I think. <laughs> um, so a little bit about me. Okay, I would say that I kind of grew up being that kind of quiet girl, quite shy. Was never the loudest in the room. Probably not the most fun friend, spontaneous friend. Nevertheless, I am a good friend, I think. But um, yes, I think I just kind of grew up shy so it's a big deal for me to be on something like a podcast I must say but yeah that's that's it really I would say I kind of grew up your very average little girl I dance so tap dancing ballet modern a little bit of ice skating as well um with me being an Aquarius I feel like we we're very passionate about things very quickly take up a lot of activities and a lot of projects and just don't finish them because we're so inspired that we, we fall onto something else pretty quickly have you always been into your star sign sorry to interrupt you i mean like can, can you use like a time in memoriam or has there been a time in your life when you kind of found that you yeah. searched for that more in particular as a, as a would you just would you put, describe it as a format of belief yourself absolutely so um this is actually a very interesting one so i would say i kind of I think you, you first start to remember things, don't you, from when you're about six years old. So for me, I would always have a reoccurring dream. And there was this nice man that was sweet shopping this reoccurring dream. And I really think, like, he saw me through some sort of hard time with my parents growing up. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was lovely. Yeah, it was a lovely guy that I used to visit, non-existent. I don't think he actually existed in real life. Maybe he was a fraction of maybe something I'd seen. Yeah, which is apparently just a little fact here. Apparently, the people that you see in your dreams, even if you don't recognise them, you don't know who you are. Well, actually, you you have seen them at some point, yeah, and your brain has just collected this information. So yeah, so it started off with this reoccurring dream, and then 
I think the deciding moment for me when I knew this was something that I absolutely loved with spirituality was um, when a friend's mum believed I was psychic as a child, and I always thought I was, and she gave me lots of books to read about angels. And I talked to my mum about all this star signs and the psychic stuff, and she thought, oh, my God, you're crazy. Like, you're too young for this. How, how do we know about this? And my, my friend's mother sent me home with these books to read, and I remember hiding them under my bed until my mum found them. I said, must take those back now. Like, she thought it was some sort of crazy demon devil shit. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just, like, sweet things about angels. But anyway, yeah, I think that was my deciding point, probably when I was about nine. Um, and, you know, from a lot of podcasts, particularly spiritual ones I've listened to, a lot of the guests have always mentioned that they felt like they had some sort of connection to being psychic or like clairvoyant, for example, as children. And a lot of these ladies, and men, they, they find that they cut off those connections when they're in their 20s. They almost feel like they can fit in and they almost need to shun it because it does become an inconvenience at times. Yeah. So I, I do believe that's what a lot of people do. And then they, they fall in love with these things, you know, when they start to get older again, because, you know, if this is the way you are and you have an interest in it, pursue it. And I say, like, sorry, people finding religion later on in life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's like use it or lose it. Like if you use it to your best ability and practice and tap into it every day, I can assure you the universe will guide you in more ways than you know. But we'll get on to that. <laughs> Fantastic. Cool. So um, uh, going on to, uh, sorry, I, I, I pulled you off from uh, when uh, you going on about your um, uh, discussing yourself and uh, kind of your journey to that led you to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, what would be one of your key kind of like thoughts on on, on your wellness? Uh, so, on giving people wellness, on creating this community, kind mm -hmm. of that's uh, you know, like what, what would be one of the things that spurs you to do that to people that, to bring people? Together? Yeah, absolutely. So, I really wanted to create this community because you know, I think as young people or take age out of that, a human being, I think a lot of people go through life and. There will be a time, I think, where you're going to feel a bit down and maybe even a bit depressed, anxious. I mean, that's not a maybe. It's a definitely. It happens to almost everyone. Absolutely. Most people I've actually met. Um, but the thing is, I think we're all learning to talk about it more and learning ways that we can try and work with it. Because it's not about eradicating it. It's just about working with it. Um, so, yeah, I had this idea to start my Instagram account, Meditation Generation, just a plug. Um a couple of years ago, but I just didn't feel like I was in the right place in my life to start trying to make other people feel better. Mm. I, I didn't think it would be legitimate if I was struggling myself. So, yeah, I, I put hold on that completely. And she launched this year, this summer, and I feel like this year has been probably one of my best years mentally. So my point about the community is it's not about telling someone how to live their life. It's not about telling them how their life should look because I think a lot of us compare ourselves to others and other people's happiness. Comparison is the thief of joy. Literally. Um, so, yeah, so the, the main thing is, it's just I want to build a place for people to feel like they're not. Yeah. Like, I want them to read my stuff and be like, shit, I've been there. I, I know what that's like. Because once that happens, I think we then learn more about the human rights. I think we then learn that that's not me being me, that's me being human. So I definitely think with social media and as a part as well, you know, you see so many people with all their friends going for drinks, looking absolutely stunning, wearing the nicest clothes. And you think, wow, 
she's got a perfect life. You know, why can't I be more like her? Um, but I want people to look at my account and think, you know what? No one's life's perfect. Yeah. Let's right. just share our traumas. Let's just share the shit that goes on in our life together. It's, it's definitely a result of the times that we live in, in yeah. like uh, the being the, the social media uh, generation and our online content and everything being what it is, and people just taking these perfect snapshots. Because I mean, are you gonna, you know, how many people take a picture of something that's bad? You only take a picture of something that's good that you feel possesses your best qualities or something Absolutely. that kind of puts the best you forward. So you're going to upload that in in the thought that this, you know, this will kind of spur because I'm, you know, I. <laughs> Who doesn't want to set a good example? That's what yeah. people want to do. No, exactly. And I think that's really something that's hard to remember when you're scrolling through a feed of absolutely stunning women. Yeah. But we're all fighting the same battles. We're all fighting the same battles. No, no woman is out there, you know, I think trying to make herself look better than the next person. They all put their underwear on one leg at a time. They just want to fit. They just want to feel beautiful and it's sad that it's gone to that, but I know that we are living in a world where I think more women are supporting women. And mm. I just, you know, I want to put a spin on this and say, actually, I've seen some really positive stuff on Instagram, like examples like women, you know, kind of positioning their bodies in a certain way when they take a picture, breathing in a little bit. And then they'll just show an example of them that naturally. And they'll say, I'm the same person, nothing's been done. Yeah. It's just about angles. And, you know, more of this is happening, like you'll see. Um, I don't know, like ASOS, for example, they, they added a feature last year, I believe, of like what an item of clothing would look like on a different size. And, you know, a lot of companies have stopped photoshopping women's stretch marks out. I don't know mm. why that was a thing in the first place, but apparently yeah. it was. Oh, I know it definitely was. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, let's one up that as well. I would say it's, it's getting everywhere. And one thing I haven't seen, I think, I don't know if you know about this, it might interest you, but. Um, if you think about it, like for men's clothing online, you use these ripped, gorgeous, hot guys, and not like for someone that's a normal human being. And I've actually seen that with um, Savage X Fenty, so Rihanna's line, she's actually started using male plus size models, and she's got a range of body types. And I think, wow, like, I've never seen like something like that for men. So getting a little bit more kind of like the the, the, the Giacomo line in there. It's just getting like I would say more <laughs> universal for something that's mainstream. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting something the yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, how many people do you walk past during the day that you know for sure are underneath all of whatever they're wearing are, are, are ripped? Not that your imagination would take you there, but I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, you know how you, you can you can definitely tell that some people on you know like it's I think it comes down to a, a, an argument in many ways of what is good shape sometimes of yeah. like you know of what. You know, what, what the people could perceive as being the optimum shape of people. And it's the great thing is that I think that we, we're trying to grow out of that, as you were yes. saying, where, where people are, are moving forward and saying, right, well, it, okay, that's, you know, like great body, but what can you do with it kind of thing? Yeah. Like, can you, you know, can you do this or do that? Can you mend a, can you build a bridge? Can you design a bridge? Can you fix, uh, you know, are, are your skills attribute, you know, uh, positively attributable to to the bettering of mankind of, yeah. so, of society of humanity you know can you can you make the world a better place as a result of that or is it something that you're trying to fix inside of you by you know feeding yourself image kind of thing a little bit more yeah it, it's a tough one it is because yeah i guess 
It's a conversation that it, needs it, to be had, though. Very, and, yeah. and that's the thing, though, is you end up finding all of these, you know, like every, so every door, every door not, you open, like, if there's another 50 question. million doors yeah. on the other side of it, Literally. absolutely. And no, it, it's true. And I don't necessarily know if anyone, I think everyone is fighting their own battles. So we don't mm -hmm. know. I think the majority of people, unfortunately, don't look at themselves every day and think, wow, who the hell are you? You're, you're beautiful. Like, look at you. Yeah. I don't think most of us wake up and do that. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. But Absolutely. unfortunately, I think we've almost been taught these beauty standards. And I must say, um, you know, I think things are really changing. However, you know, I think things were really different when we were growing up. So we are 25 and 26. Mm -hmm. So in 2005, I was 10 years old. And we had these completely different trends. And, you know, the way that the tabloids and the magazines would speak about celebrities was, like, vile. Yeah, it was Saying, slanderous. And, yeah, and, like, and mental health as well. Like, and giving out personal information all the time. Oh, constantly yeah. personal information. But then it was like how someone looks, comparing people to whales, rating outfits. You know, taking the mick out of Britney for being mentally unwell. Britney was 25 years old when that happened. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old she was. The way she was treated, mm. I mean, come on. It's not on. And, you know, we're still fighting that battle. Absolutely, and it's um, it's just all done so the things can sell, so the newspapers and, and tabloids can sell papers by being as you know by 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 putting buzzwords forward that allow people to go yeah. sorry that let people go oh wow that that person's having a shitty time I have a shitty time as well sometimes so yeah. maybe I, I do have think a look at like that, magazines you know, you know I, I don't know how much like what the tabloids are looking like now I hope they're getting better I don't think they are massively but I do think that today people are not going to favorite a story comparing another woman to a beach well i think that a lot of yeah i, I think <laughs> like, that a lot of uh, tabloids are things that which which do write um, articles in such bad taste people like that are hauled over the court cold a lot more than yeah. they used to be for sure um, um i found that just going back to one of the other things that you were talking about with um clothing uh, in terms of plus sizes is that i'm uh, just from my own personal experience i'm somebody like, i love wearing baggy clothing oh yeah i love wearing baggy clothing because it's really comfortable it just it sits on you the cloth kind of just sits on you and then one can roll one sleeves up a little bit better um and i i think there's the, the there's a lot of things in like a, i mean the, i think the 60s probably probably did a lot for that in terms of hippie culture incorporating oh, yeah. kind of like uh um uh, the androgynous moo moo type culture <laughs> um uh, but but then i think the 90s also did a lot more oh my well, god bringing a lot more of that 90s was the best time, I think, for fashion, like, particularly with, like, the whole, like, British scene. I don't think it was just, it's not just exclusive to England, obviously. Get the granny coat out. Bring the granny coat out. Bring it out. Like, I just think the baggy <laughs> t-shirts, like, you think the Stone Roses, Oasis, like, think of that. Nevada. Yeah. I love it. Like, <laughs> so that is a good fashion time, and I'm glad that I don't think the 90s is actually leaving us at all close lines. I just think every year it's coming back, but, you know, it has little droplets of inspiration, back. which yeah. were, you know, positive nuggets in a in a stormy baggy sea. Sally, baggy t-shirts, scruffy cardigans. I'm all about the the scruffy cardigans oh, and right. and the um and they have that uh, the kind of like the the ski uh, kind of like they the alpine patterns kind of printed oh, yeah. onto them. I see what you mean. I love things like that. Yeah. Like, um, I'm I'm down for it. I don't think it's going away though. It's not going out of fashion. So, we'll vibe with it. Divided what we're not doing, I would say. <laughs>
Well, I think, um, uh, but also running back though to what we were talking about earlier as well, like things like your um, your Instagram uh, account, which is uh, telling people to, uh, sorry, not telling people, but um, helping people to see the good in themselves on their own, kind of like say, you know, like this, you know, you you can have a good day. You you know, you just you need to believe in your in, in yourself and and try and and stuff. And and you've got, you've got a very difficult but yet beautiful angle that you've taken I think for it as well which uh, requires a lot of finesse in its delivery mm-hmm. but I think it is, it is you, I think you're doing the right thing by the by the sounds of it though. Yeah, and, and like, yeah absolutely but <laughs> like, I think that's great yeah. I think that's fucking cool like really is it's like it's really tough getting out there I must admit like I am probably on your, your like, posts seem hard to make like they seem yeah. difficult to phrase. Like the wording seems very the special. Wording. It's the wording that's the main thing. Um, I try and go off like how I'm feeling that day. I, I make a content plan. I make my posts in advance, but I just make sure it's right for how I feel on that day. And of course, yeah, all the other things that go into it. But yeah, I think for me, the main thing is, is that if I put something out there and someone comes across it and it really resonates with them, it gives you that feeling, you know, you're like, oh, I can, that's me. That's me all done. Um, like to put that seed into someone's brain mm. and they can either take that now or they can go back to that at a time where they need it, then I'm so I'm so like I'm absolutely sorted with that. My mm. life has been made. I That's do. really cool that you're noticing that as well. The notice that, that there there should be an element of longevity yeah. within what you're creating online. That so when you reflect back on it it should be you know, it should stand the test yeah. of time, like, which is so difficult. I think it's the most tasteful yeah. thing for an artist to do. If we could, look, you know, if you could look at what you're doing as that, then yeah, that's because you're creating. Yeah, I don't want to just throw rubbish out there that doesn't resonate with me. And you know, sometimes I would say it's hard. Like, um, I might write things and think when my ego, which we're going to go into in a minute, um, comes out, I'm like, do you know what? What if someone doesn't agree with me, or what if they think I'm wrong, or what if I am wrong? But in reality, just an FYI to everyone that's listening, you're never wrong. Unless it's something that's really distasteful and bad. Um, and, you know, you have a thought and it's about creativity. Mm. Please be reassured that you aren't wrong. You aren't wrong. If you're being nice and you're doing what you're doing with love, then how can it be wrong? I suppose so. Um, but then, uh, like, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think you, one has to look at one's ground element though with something like that as well yeah like because i i don't know i think that um i think i'm wrong loads yeah i think i'm wrong all <laughs> the time like and um and the, the thing is though is that i know that i'm genuinely wrong sometimes i'll start saying something and this happens a lot i'll start saying something to somebody and i'll say something in the middle of the, my sentence when i'm saying something and i'll go oh shit now i'm wrong and i've kept going and I'm still going, and I can see it in that person's face that that thing that I've said they're going to say, and, and they're so right. But no, that's but, the thing, though. Is what that... is, it depends on what you're wrong about. Say that you yeah. are talking so passionately about a fact or something that's happened in history, someone's looking at you thinking, wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah, and then that's wrong. fine. You've just misunderstood it. Yeah, but Who then cares that's... what they think yeah. about you for getting it wrong? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think if it's if it's personal, uh, personally vindictive, I, I think, oh, yeah. in, in terms of putting somebody down. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, wrong can be, you know, taken so many routes. I just absolutely. mean, if you're doing something wrong as in putting somebody down, being nasty, being racist, Yeah. you know, not taking the time to listen to someone, then you're probably wrong. But if you've just, you know, reeled out some facts, it's like, 
No, Titanic did not sink in 1920. Gotta yeah, get it right. Yeah. Then yeah, that's wrong. But who I think you shouldn't care if someone's laughing at you. Love yeah. Them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if they're being mean about it, I then think, that's I think it's how, how the, the, the correction should come about as well. I think how it's an important thing. How you correct somebody. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> Getting back with each other already. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, d- d- delivering the, the correct information to somebody is a very difficult thing to do. Like, especially in today's. Like, oh, another one of these things we end up talking about the zeitgeist. But I mean, in, t- in today's society. Um, it's, there is so much information all the time. And then on top of all of that information, which has never been so so accessible in all of our lives, you also have your life to live as well. Oh, you've, yeah. got, you've got the fact that you need to buy food. You need to, you know, how long is it all going to last? You need to know how exactly how much food? of it you've got, you've got yeah. in your pantry at the moment. And then you also have as well, like, how are your clothes doing? Is everything clean? Are you, have you got a clean bill of clothes for the week? How's your job doing? Have you got, uh, you know, yeah, like, is your contract in for renewal? Are you okay? Are you solid? You know, do you love it? You know, do you, you like it? it? Are you struggling? Yeah. How's the <laughs> family doing? Have you got somebody me. that's ill? Is that is everybody yeah. okay? Um, You know, like, how are your friends doing? Are, 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 do you have enough friends? Do you feel like you need to go out and make more? What's it like? Oh, my God, that is such more, a present problem like, people what is, You know, like, and on top of all of that, you have this hurricane of shit that we call social media, which is oh. just hard to just kayak your way through yeah. oh you can't it's an absolute storm i mean if it was a literal ocean you'd probably drown Absolutely. i would say um, so you've just you've just got to get your armbands on occasionally go for a sort of get that life jacket out, out. turn your, your phone off turn your computer off yeah. and learn that it is another world outside of this one it is oh. another planet and it will never sleep it never fucking sleeps because it is 24 yeah. 7 and you, you need to remember like to turn that off that's like, clever that's... yeah you're right honestly because you I'm just trying to think of this and kind of put them in my mind I'd like to share is um, think about it we are that generation where we, we did I don't know like used to not have phones and like our parents didn't have social media that wasn't a thing so you are right I've, I've taken a few social media breaks unfortunately not in the last couple of years which is absolutely yeah. dreadful yeah, it's but I've taken it and I feel like I could have just it takes a day or two but after those two days you just you revert back into being a person that doesn't need to scroll endlessly mm. and um i think that's great and that just proves that humans are adaptable and you know i've got plenty of friends that have taken breaks from social media i really do but then i also think we've got a new thing a new not problem on the horizon but something that we love community we absolutely love that on social media we can feel a connection with strangers that are posting things Opposed to the people we work with in the office, or even some of our friends, mm. and um, I do think that social media does offer community. Like for me personally, I might have an evening where I'm a little bit bored on my own, and I'll watch YouTube. And there's these two girls, they're two best friends. I love to watch on YouTube. Sophia and Chinzia, they are great. But you know, sometimes I actually you, you feel like with watching these people that you're in the room with them. You're like, the like, yeah. You are friends with them, and you know, I do think that sense of community. Social media can help when people are feeling a little bit lonely, particularly in lockdown and isolation, where you know some people they, they could have literally been by themselves or perhaps in a negative situation. Yes. In the household. So imagine you know, if you're living with somebody that you don't like. I can't can you imagine? imagine? And then you get isolated with them. Oh, oh my it was god. It's already hard enough. Why? 
but yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm um, lucky enough. I'm isolated my best friends. Like, I know. Oh my god, it was difficult. It was it's difficult. difficult, regardless. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember. I don't know about you, but yeah, you know, at times I, I came home, sorry to interrupt, and threw my toys out of the pram. I just fucking had enough. Honest, everything though, you did really well so let's just say you work for appreciation here will oh, will no. worked throughout isolation he did everything he needed to do and will do you mind if we mention where oh i do it's quite vital you don't want to talk like, about it okay. the warehouse operative yeah. Yeah. okay that's all we need to say we don't need to say what company at a very for. very big online company which Huge. has tripled and quintupled its stock value since the beginning of COVID. But that's not that's that not the point. That's <laughs> no, we're not saying any names here. We're not saying any names. <laughs> but um, you know, Will did probably fulfill a lot of your orders guys. So you know, <laughs> let's just have a big hands up to Will and of course all the other key workers that I feel like a lot of people seem to have forgotten about now, but the people that kept shit going when other shit couldn't go. <laughs> and a lot of us stayed inside from the confines in our home and had the absolute privilege to say I'm bored. Okay, because I try and think of those people that didn't have that, which you are wanting. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for that, that message. It was very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was so long ago um, now, doesn't it? It really is. Well, I mean, we're still in. We're still, they've, they've, we thought we were out of the trenches. We thought we were going across no man's land, but they've slowly attempted to pull us back in again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, mean, um, I can't even, like, I can't I think of what isolation would be like again. I mean, because I don't even know if the contemporary position I have is actually counted as a key worker skill set. I really don't know what it's going to be like. I don't think any of us do. Nobody knows. I think all you can do is wait to the next day and then when the facts and figures get registered to the people that know what they're talking about and know what they're doing and have the degrees and the study take the... you know, take the uh, take the uh, decision to, to do what they're going to do. Really, yeah. It's 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 a fucking nightmare having your everything, your livelihood, and movement in someone's life in someone else's hands. But you, at the end of the day, you end up having to trust it. And I think that uh, I just think that you you only have that choice. I think we can't all fight mm. and get the whole country on lockdown again. But I I do think we can trust it. But at the same time, I do want people to think that. Um, Something I'm really not liking at the minute mm-hmm. is when people are saying we're living in these uncertain times. I know that things are uncertain and I know that it's shit has really hit the fan, but I really hope this doesn't offend anyone, but I just feel like time has always been uncertain. That things have pretty much been always been quite uncertain, but I think we sometimes live under this illusion that we have more control than what we do. Yes. Um, so for example, I think the main thing is like a job, like, you know, Last year, there was a lot more jobs going on the continent now than ever. Um, but I do think, like, say that you couldn't get a job and say that I'm just reading if what ifs, which isn't good. It goes all against my whole ethos. But, um, you know, if you couldn't get a job, say there was no job, say we're taking it back to Thatcher times. A lot of jobs have been taken away for money, for example. And she says, get on the bike and get a job. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I just think, that something like this has happened before in jobs, in job, like the respective jobs, and it's happened again. And I just think that sometimes things aren't always in our control. I think once the masses and the government have to change and make these decisions, then we really just aren't in control at all. Yeah. And I just think that the illusion of having control is just that sometimes. Uh, I don't fully really think that. 
you sound like a fight club right now. Oh, it's the illusion of control. <laughs> you're wow. really the illusion of control. You are not. Do you think you're in control? <laughs> you feel in charge? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I know where you're coming from. Like the, um, um, I, I think that it's it's kind of like the throwback of like the, there's been tough times before, and you know we've kind of gotten through that, or it's been worse than it is now, and, and, yeah. or, or it could be worse than it can. Be this worse. is what but I'm saying. Like, I, I, I think that there's, um, there's, there is a lot to be said for there's. It's a little bit more. It feels it might. It's not at all, but it feels a little bit more kind of like not necessarily police state, but it feels a lot more like um, traps kind of now. Whereas yeah. one is not allowed to venture out to these particular zones, and if you do, your um, that there, there is risk of um, of fines and the, and this and that and and your hands are tied within this situation because of the fact that if you rail against it, then you're somebody who is wanting to you you don't care about jeopardizing um, the uh, you know the, your friends and family and the people you love. I don't think. And I no, think I that's, completely agree. Like I'm anti-mask. So, so yeah, exactly. Because like I I I just want to go. Oh, Fuck this! I don't care. Like I was, I was cycling home today, and I was like, I just don't give a shit. I, I really don't care. I would much rather just like if it was just me and it was my health, then that's fine. But it's the fact that oh, it's like something that goes. Oh, you've got to look out for other people. Oh, it, it hurts everybody else, and it hurts your family and whatnot. The problem is, is that that's so. It's fucking true. It is true. So like, you can't do anything. It's no. really annoying. No, like, and I it's do... really clever little fucking disease. This it one. Is, it, but no, I, I just meant that like I just think with this whole thing, if something drastic and big happens, regardless of how much we think we have control in our personal lives over finances, jobs, homes, that's not always the case. Mm. Things can change at any minute. So I think it's really tough, isn't it? Like to expect that things are gonna could change any minute. I don't know how you program, you know, learning about that or how you get to grips with that. I think it's more just being in that situation. And lots of people in it. Yeah, I'm absolutely devastated to see, you know, one third of UK citizens are currently looking to work. And that is like, when I read that today, my heart absolutely sank. Like, I was saying to a friend the other day, like, coronavirus does not give a shit about who you are in regards to work and regards to a lot of other things but I'm talking about work right now like honestly it doesn't matter who you are you could be a top level exec you could be a CEO you could be a small business you know it's wiping out all different kinds of people it just doesn't work and it really sucks because you know I think we're all quite lucky to be in work right now I count my blessings every day to have recently got on a job like in these times I'm amazed that this could even happen what, what do you do right now uh, if, if you go into something like, I mean, like, what, what do you do right now to get your mind off of it? And, uh, oh, to get my mind off yeah, of absolutely. it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I just try and think of right time. I try and think, if history has really repeated itself, you know, we had the Spanish flu, and then of course World War II, another absolute disaster happened after that. But, you know, I try and think of the good times that we've had as well. Hmm. And I just think, as much as we're living in a difficult time, as much as, you know, there's a lot of bad things going on in the world, I always try and hold on to the fact that there are so many good people in this world. So many good people that, you know, want to share love, they want to spread love, they want to be there for people, they want to help people. And I try and hold on to that. That's like the main thing to me. 
you reckon there's any like sort of like have you do you moved into any hobbies or um, anything like that? Uh, I would say literally meditation generation is my hobby. Like thinking of things and writing them purely from my heart and then putting them out there. I think for me personally, my ego really did stop me in the past from doing that because you know it's always the what ifs and whys and you know, I shouldn't do this. Like our ego really does manifest into our waking life. So I just what I mean is like our ego can tell us all sorts of things and that does dictate our actions. Um so yeah, I would say meditation generation is absolutely my hobby right now and I would love nothing more to see her. I refer to her as a thing, as a person to see her grow because I think she has so much potential. Um and it's just where time goes with it. I want her to grow with me. So yeah, that is my absolute hobby right now. And you know, at the beginning and even now, like people have reached out to me saying, you know, I don't know you, but thank you. That's awesome. And people have shared things with me about what's going on in their life and how it's helped. And I just think, wow, like for me, like after hearing that, this is getting really deep now, but I did literally think that goes above the need to get a good job, the need to have the most expensive thing, all these like material thing. The main thing for me was finding out that I helped someone mm. and making feel better. And that's when I kind of realised I was like, okay, like I think this is my life purpose. Um not solely an Instagram account, but just being there for someone and listening to them and helping them through something. Um and that was probably the most inspired and happiest that I've ever felt in a long time, I think, just learning those things about other people and how that's why I know I am certain that I want to move forward with this and just continue growing and hopefully get a bigger reach. At the minute, I'm just, you know, reaching people within the UK, along the South Coast, and of course in Sheffield, where I went to university, where I still have friends and, you know, friends that love. But, you know, I want to get a wider reach. Absolutely. Um, how do you, uh, do you have any ways that you even want to approach that wider reach or is there any more what 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 avenues or tributaries would you want to move into after this very undecided right now i know for a fact that you know you can do paid social and you can get a wider exposure it's all about the instagram algorithm like it just this is one thing i've learned i don't know if i'm wrong anyone Mm. can comment no (laughs) and tell me if i'm wrong but um please do i felt i feel like the more you use instagram the wider exposure you get the more reach the more impressions right but say you've not used it for a week, then you're back to the drawing board. Like you have a lower level of reach. And I think that Instagram, like it's built, social media is built just to keep you going. It doesn't want you to have a break. But a break is needed sometimes. Um, which doesn't always help for engagement, but I'm a wellness channel, so therefore I'm gonna have a break when I move in. And that's okay. Uh, I, I was thinking about something, I had a bit of a brainwave the other day, and it was the, something which is in tune very much with just standardized marketing as a whole. And that is that uh, when you, so you've got, you've got the content now as well. You've got, you've got your content, which is one of the hardest things yeah. to get, which is the actual, uh, almost not, not, I mean, in this case, intangible because of that, you can't actually place your fingers on it. But your your actual product, which you are giving to people, and you're giving your free to people as well, which is your message and your, yeah. you know, what you have to say. And um, but I put the brain over it is because I'm I'm a little bit in the same boat as you as well, yeah. where I have my content now, 
but it's just getting it out there sometimes as well. It's, it's and you tough. don't want, yeah, absolutely, and getting the exposure in many ways. And I think um, sometimes as well is that uh, with marketing, uh, standardized or not, you have a lot of things like um, uh, oversaturated markets, which is sometimes where you already are, which is that the people that you've already put, you've already put your message forward. So you put your message forward and you've got all the followers that you're going to get within that zone. Yeah. So sometimes you have to start going like, all right, okay, I've got everybody that likes eating cheese. Now let's see if I can get everybody that likes um, eating tomatoes. Now let's see if I can get it. So you, then you have to kind of uh, just ever so slightly tailor it for that direction. And that's like yeah. one of the ways that I've started okay, looking so at it now. So it's just... It sounds like you're moving directions a little bit. And I think that yeah. is that related to your own growth? Yeah, kind of. So you're not necessarily modifying your content. You're modifying your approach to getting your content out there. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're, so you're going like, you right, so how, yeah, so like, okay, right, I was only using this form of social media. I'm only using this. Let me try and go like, right, I, I don't like Twitter, but I'll just put stuff on there anyway. I just, this is like a vomit station for me. I'll just sit there and I'll just go, content, and I don't actually care if it does anything because I've never put anything on there that's like ever got any traction because I just don't get it. I don't get what the people of Twitter want. Yeah, like, okay. I just don't. I don't understand it. And all I ever hear is like is any form of news is the fact that it is this the mecca of rage, where it's just it loads of people it's that ranting. is ranting it's and they have a go and big big disagreements with people yeah. and whatnot. Whereas I like Instagram because it's a bit more of a pure of a look at my pretty things that I did and it's other people go, Yay, for the thing. Yeah. And that is so cool. I know I simplify that now, but that is so yeah. essential no, to human life because it's the it's the, it's it's, the sharing it feels it's, a lot more visual the self-actualization yeah. you're trying to actually get yourself to the point of happiness which is the you're like reaching for happiness yeah absolutely happen, no. and i think we all are reaching for some form of happiness and i do think a lot of this gained up from social media and by a lot of it i don't just mean a lot of it i think i mean everyone because you know you get a you know a buzz like more endorphins from the scrolling something and it's even more if you i would say speaking of buzz can i interest you <laughs> in a beer i, don't I mean know. in a I'm moment i'll in. finish my gin okay I'll try <laughs> i'm drinking very slowly i will wait for you <laughs> but yeah um i would say we all kind of get a bit of a buzz from social media and it makes us personally happy in like the weirdest of ways but i think what is more genuine is being happy in your way in real life you know building those friendships those relationships Amazing. Knowing who is there for you and who isn't. And I think a lot of us around this age bracket, this age group, we're learning that now. But yeah, we're learning that now. And um I just think it's really important to know who's, you know, really there for you. Absolutely. And a lot of people learn it at different times, but it's worth it because, you know, I think at this stage it's it's not about how many friends you have, it's about the people that you actually trust in your life. It's the friends you have. Yeah. yeah, not how many I can count. Because yeah. at the minute, I think I've got probably like five or six friends that I'm not counting because why would I do that? I'm just happy with the people that are in my life. My father once said to me that I've, I've, I've quoted to so many people, um, and it's um, that all right, you're, you're at Heathrow or Gatwick Airport, <laughs> or you're at, uh, I tell you, you're at John O'Groats' nearest airport. 
and you've just landed and it's four in the morning and it's pissing down with rain and you've got you can make a you know who do you call first to get you to give you a lift home and there's no taxis oh my god you know and you've got no money who do you give the call to sort of thing who's gonna who's gonna go right i'm gonna be five hours but i'll come and i'll grab the mcdonald's for you on the way out some people are just like that i actually must admit that's a really good analogy but that's something like that has actually happened to me in my life and believe it or not, it was someone that I would, I would at least expect. You get, you get those little moments in life where you, yeah. you, you, you accidentally have to test your own. You have to. Uh, and like, oh my god, like, it's so stressful. Like, who am I going to call? Who's going to come and help me? What the fuck? I don't know what I'm doing. Literally, mm. like that happened to me, and I, I was actually getting a Ryanair flight from Belgium back to Manchester Airport, and oh my god, of course it was Ryanair, so it was late. <laughs> and my the last train back to Sheffield was cancelled. I mean, I was a student. I didn't have a job. I, I would not have been able to get a taxi back. And I was literally planning how I was going to stay awake at Manchester Airport until the next train. Mm. Um, and bear in mind, at this point, it was raining. So it would have been at least five hours. I would say five and a half hours until the next train would have got me back to Sheffield. And I thought, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to have to drink as many coffees as I can, but. You know, um, my friend, my best friend, Flint, her friend was able to say, just get, just get a cab to me. And the fact that he was, you know, one of her best friends, and I only knew him through her, and he happened to become a friend whilst I was at university, he was great, he was amazing, great guy. And he wasn't my friend. And I thought, wow, like, I am truly blessed right now to have people that, you know, will actually mm. provide and, you know, be nice people and look after you. Because that doesn't happen. Yeah, and yeah. I just count my blessings when you know I meet someone I know is you know a good friend and is able to just help you when you need it. Absolutely. It's um, like when you phone somebody up and it's and, and there's somebody that you haven't talked to in ages and then you there's no time has elapsed between you at all. It feels like that. It feels like you you almost start the conversation that you left a year ago, five months ago, six months yeah, ago. Yeah, and two, it wouldn't be a problem. And it's yeah, exactly. And there, and there's no momentum lost on your friendship at all. No. It doesn't feel like, and there's anything Not that you've time. got to go like, oh, you know, like, oh God, it's been a while sort of thing. You know, there's no, it's not like paying a subscription fee, you know. No, uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh. so you've got to pay five pounds a month and you'll get unlimited chats and cuddles. And that. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> You're in a real ship. That's going to be another tenner. <laughs> All right, if you want that kind of service. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, they're really good, really good points there. Really yeah. good points. But people that all you have to do is just be yourself around. Turn up with your own you you know, kindness and and it what you know, things work out for you. Yeah. People want to be friends with people that are nice. And you know, you don't want to be that friend that's like an energy vampire that steals all the energy oh, away. Such an important trait to mention nowadays. How many people have you ever met that are bloody energy yeah, vampires? Yeah, the thing is, is that I don't think people that are energy vampires, uh, I must say, they don't know they're doing it. I'm I not aware. All the things that are going to be validation and to be with someone, I would say, I think I've probably been an energy vampire at points in my life. Not confirmed, but it's just a thought. Um, yeah, like with my best friend, for example, when I was in third year, I was in a bit of a rut when I was in the third year at university. I think things were just finally taking on hold of me. And I had two, two best friends that were always there for me, but there was always that thought 
two of them. Mm-hmm. They came home and they met before okay. lockdown. And so that's actually the last time I saw them. It's really wow. shit. And I can't even go up there to see them. Oh my Ridiculous. god. Face chat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. cool. We chat, but we can, yeah. but it's, it's shit. But yeah, like I always felt like I was bringing them down with me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I just thought proper energy vampire. And one of them, Liz, that I mentioned just earlier, she was actually on my course. So we didn't really have too much time when we weren't together. When we were asleep, it's the only time we weren't together. But yeah, I always regret and feel like, oh, what if I sucked her energy away? What if I was too consuming for her? Which I wasn't. I know I wasn't. Mm. This is my ego talking. This is my ego thinking this yeah. because... Going back to your ego. Uh, no, yeah. this is like one of the main things I want to talk about yeah, on this podcast. It's like the ego was telling me that, you know, oh, you've been a rubbish friend for her. She's done everything for you and you've done nothing in return. Because when, where your kind of original psychic analysis personally of your own ego kind of first started coming to play and then where where is where it taking you? It. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. So um I think this is I just want to go on to little brief intro to that. Egos. I would absolutely say every single one of you human beings you, you have an ego and what your ego is it's an identity and it's you know it tells you stories. So if you're not you know fitting to what you believe or perceive your identity to be and the inner stories that you have, you feel like your ego's playing up, and that's when your ego starts to make you feel bad. Um, so for me, I, I was first conscious of that I was doing this is when I was going through a really, really, really rough time. And I used to just think, you know, oh my God, I've just cried for like 20 minutes, like just sobbed on my best friend, and she's just been there for me, but does she ever think, you know, I can't be after this. Or, you know, there was a time that I was really stressing about money in my room, and I was really angry, really upset, just crying, you know, not being nice, shouting at my friends, just saying, like, go away, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I was really conscious of it then. And I feel like I've, I've started to notice when I'm playing out and, and just try and be as rational as I possibly can. Um, but, yeah, I would say all I started becoming conscious that, you know, I might be a bit of an energy sucker vampire. Probably when I was 21 or 22. Before that, I had, I would say, no regard, regard for my actions. I actually don't like the person I used to be before I was that age. Oh, well, I'd yeah. hate to have a conversation so, with young me. Welcome to the club. I mean, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, not... How many, yeah, how many people can you... I mean, I think that's... I think you'd need that. I think that's such an important part of life <laughs> yeah, is to go... Not you go up. Like, I would, I would so... Like, oh, my God. I would so just not... Oh, God. I would... I don't know. You, you never know. I never know what I would say to younger me. I would oh, just like, I would say so much. That's the problem. Is <laughs> no, I would, my, first, my first reaction is, oh, God, I would so beat up younger me. Like, yeah. that's the thing, is that that's my immediate emotional reaction. But then, obviously, you change hats and you start saying, like, you know, what would be the, you know, like, what would you say to my younger yeah. self, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, and the thing is, obviously, you can't, uh, but, and you're kind of glad. But the the main thing to take out, obviously, is is Kamsi Kamsar. Um, you were once that, and you are now not that. And yeah. it took you being that to be who you are. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the magical thing, though, is the fact that you have to. You're almost glad you went through the hard oh toil and shit, you so you could go like, to. "I'm have so glad I'm not as much of a dick as I thought." Because yeah. I, you know, I wasn't. Yeah, I think it's more about like putting your hands up and saying, "Yes, I was a bit of a dick." Have I changed? Yes. Otherwise, I wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't have realised I was being a dick. Yes. However, I do want to mention is that 
I think what we've done there is we've automatically assumed that the younger versions of ourselves were irritating. Yeah, or inferior. Inferior. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing to mention is that let's flip that, put it positively. I bet we could probably have conversations with our younger selves and say, Oh my God. You've got that a person, you, you've always been there. Yeah. I mean, you've always been there. You just didn't realise you were there before. It only took five years for you to grow up a little bit and experience the world to realise that you are always here. And yeah. I think, let's put it positively, yes, you might not have liked some of the things you said or did. Yeah. But there you were know, loads of good times. It's what you were saying. It's reflecting upon the positive literally. times that you had. Yeah. Think of the friends that you have now. Were they your friends five years ago? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're still very good friends now. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for that. There's an absolute reason for that. And it's just becoming, I think, as adults, you know, you do have those moments where you look back and you used to respect to like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> no, I no, said that. Yeah. No. Like, you just want to oh, strip, God, don't you? And no. just hide away. But you can't because <laughs> it's growing. It's, it's about growing. And I just think when when you have a moment like that, that scars you so bad that you can. Okay, do you have moments when you feel yourself on the way to doing something like that? Do you have have that is when you are. Oh, I don't I know. That I, know. I wish I did, but I, I sometimes do. Sometimes do. I, <laughs> I go, wish I knew I that. Get myself to these scenarios. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like on my way to like doing or saying something. Like, oh, I've been here before. At least you have that thing that stops you from embarrassing. Yeah, like I'm I'm learning from this. But the thing is, is that think of embarrassment, right? So I'm going to give you an example, and everything in our existence relates back to this ego. I see it as you know how in cartoons you used to have like the angel and the devil telling you two things. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, but maybe. Yeah, literally. So it's it's not that you know your waking self, like your conscious self, is the angel and your ego is the devil. We could say that. We could, but I think let's not bash. There's a thousand different versions of what they are. Yeah, exactly. Good and bad. Let's just not bash our egos at all. Let's work with them. But I think it always has to come back to, you know, let's maybe not ask ourselves so many questions, but also question why you're feeling in a certain way. What brought me here? Like, for example, something embarrassing happens to you, or say, I don't know, this is just an example. I'm sure it's probably happened to both of us and most people in the world. Um... Let's say, you know, you kind of see someone you like and you think, you know, they're nice, they're attractive. I can't see them. I'm going to make a move. Yeah. Um, and you make that move, you know, you're keen and they kind of brush you off very awkwardly and you think, oh my God, can the ground just blow me up? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Um, and we've all been there and it's just like... You crashed and burned. Why is it yeah. that we get embarrassed? I think it's completely human and natural to get embarrassed, but let, let embarrassed, but let's just like think that why are we getting embarrassed what got us here okay because our ego has probably said okay well you're not good enough so that person's not going to like you anyway yeah so this is why you should feel shit about it now how embarrassing if anyone finds out about this they're going to think what a loser this one guy actually just genuinely wasn't interested in me and that's fine no, I don't expect every person in the world to love me. That's not going to happen. But it was mortifying. And, it's um, horrible. I've been there so yeah, many times. Of course, it's, like, it's embarrassing. But that's what our ego says to ourselves. And then taking that a step further, I think a lot of people are you know, scared to get into relationships. or well, the, the fear of rejection, it's is, the fear of rejection. is horrendous. It's because so that bad. is like, well, I've thought about somebody the other day um, about this. And it is... It is crazy what you can kind of what what you put up what a combination of it's an, it's very impressive simultaneously what you can put up with 
and what you choose not to put up with, mm-hmm. or like what people choose to put up with. And people will go like, I I just don't even bother going out there because yeah. I because because of the fact that that will just if I never go out there, I can never be hurt by no, any no, exactly, of these negative exactly. things. But at the same time, I was like, and then you get the people that go out there and and they're like. I'm completely oblivious to any form of hurt, which means that the moment that I land on something which is worthwhile, I may be too numb to notice it's positive. That's the thing, you like know, which maybe that's another one. Well. That's a, that's the flip side of it. So I, I do think that a lot of the time, like I think this happens amongst young people, just from my experience. That you know, you might meet someone that you think, oh my god, we're so similar. You're really attracted. Am I really bad for you? Yeah. How many times do you meet? Have you met? Have you ever met somebody when you were like younger and you're like, oh my god, we're perfect for each other, and you just don't (laughs) feel like nothing could go wrong. Yeah. And then, but then you're also yeah, but then you're also like, but I don't just, I just don't think this could be a thing. You don't don't even necessarily think that. You just never like. It's almost like you never feed the thing in between you. It doesn't feel like it's necessary. It just feels like something's not there. Yeah. Everything's there. yeah, Everything's exactly. there on the outside and on the inside, but there's something that's missing. Like that's happened to me. Like I met someone when I was like 20, 21. Are you ready? Um, yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> absolutely fancied this guy. Like felt like I loved him. Oh, getting really deep. Literally after mm-hmm. meeting him twice. And um that sort of thing like never happens to me, I would say. Like it doesn't happen often. Like, but that's when it's not that's not sustainable. Like you can't just completely fall head over heels with someone and expect that to work in a couple it's of years. So rare. That doesn't happen. And it do you know what? Like I think with relationships that are here to work, it's about learning each other, like being a little bit different and just learning about each other and learning each other's ways. And you know, if you're still together in a year's time and the things that, you know, were cute and funny at first, just still cute and funny, but a bit annoying. What? No, so what? Like that's that's normal. That's completely normal. I like, would say. Like I, I remember that my like the first time like my girlfriend at the moment. We used to have like the most like ridiculous. Like we just used to have all sorts of like. Oh, cheers! By the way. Cheers, and just for everybody else out there yeah. that happens to pop the fresh one on a Friday or Saturday <laughs> or whatever the day, Monday, Monday morning. Fuck it, get in there. <laughs> um. The amount of times though that uh, we both used to just annoy the shit out of each other by just saying, like, "Oh God, we just used to have like not silly disagreements, but we'd have genuine like kind of philosophical discussions that would that would get heated, and they they were challenging, and that's the one of the reasons why I. But I'd, I'd also I'd I'd get to a point where I'd go like, "Oh my God, I just I hate this person because they've annoyed." They've annoyed like, me. They've annoyed me. <laughs> no, nobody else. Nobody else. That whole day. Somebody else could have said something 20 million times but, worse than what that. But the thing is, is that she's you, important you, to you. And that's why you've taken that to heart. Exactly. You her. Her. Yeah, exactly. You really like this girl. Out of her. I mean, and... I know you do. <laughs> exactly. And... I'm so happy about that. It's yeah. worked out. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know, and then ages down the line, you, you end up talking to each other and you just whilst you've been together you've never had one you've never had a fight or anything and then you just mm. you're like you know one of you just go remember all the fights we used to have when we weren't together <laughs> so strange, like, no. well it must have counted for something if you got to the point you're at now because you know it could have been that you actually had these arguments and thought okay i don't like her or i don't like him but i think it's about knowing and i think it's more just asking yourself you know are you conscious of what's going on and 
is it healthy for you? Mm. Because, you know, I haven't seen many unhealthy relationships in my time, but I don't think an unhealthy relationship has to be visual. As from an outsider's perspective, that is, it doesn't have to be visual. So if anyone out there that's listening, you know, if, if someone's, it's not the case of, you know, you're just having disagreements, but if someone's truly making you question who you are, if you're good enough, you know, then really think that relationship because mm. your partner should always make you feel amazing and just be reassuring. And if you're having a bad day, you can run to them and they will hold you and make you feel better. I think sometimes in life we really want relationships to work, but they are just too complicated. And yeah. um, if something's too complicated, I think there's a certain chemistry that just it's just not adding up. It's mm. more just the logical brain. The conscious mind is like, I want this to work out for this reason. If it doesn't work out, then perhaps I'm ugly, I'm a bad person, yeah. I'm unlovable. You, you, you know, hold deep down, of yourself or yourself to ransom yes, as a result uh, yes. of getting a good thing out of it. Absolutely. You're like, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to mail. Yeah. Unlovable, which it's true. Like, so many women and men feel completely unlovable because yeah. someone has fucked with them. Absolutely. You've and, had a bad experience in the past, but you've had something, or somebody that's been like wonderful. Insanely manipulative, and you've gone. No, they're lovely. You're like petting a rattlesnake, yeah. and you're going. You know that, you're... and it's still biting you. <laughs> yeah, and like the face. Look, and you're going, yeah. She's fine. She loves me. She likes me. <laughs> you're like, no, like, you know. And, yeah. And you're, because the fact that you're just too blinded by you know like your own desire to love something yeah. sometimes. But I do think it, to... it is just also manipulation. Sometimes, so there are people out there that are just damn... it's Yeah. A comp- it is a fabulously complicated. Oh, it is. It's a certain chemistry. It is. But just to shout out to anyone out there, if you're ever dealing with a bad relationship, talk to your friends, talk to your family, write to your self-journal and just try and distinguish and discover whether or not this relationship is good enough for you. If it's not good for you, leave it. Navigate your way through it. Just, I know it would be hard, but you've just got to look out for yourself. And, you know, it's never an easy journey. From leaving a bad relationship, nope. um, but it's about really—it's so fucking hard when you don't believe it. But you are more than that. Yeah, talk you to the people that so have known you the longest. Yeah. Talk to the people that will big you up. Mm. Speak about you for who you really are. The people that love you. I mean, it could be a parent, it could be a guardian, a relative, or a best friend, a sibling, whatever. You know, talk to that person that loves you from thick and thin. And I think if they're really a good person and good for you, um, and you know. They, they'll just tell you straight, I don't think this person's treating you right. Um, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that little plug there. I just no, wanted no, to no. mention. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. For a lot of people. Find, you know, find, yeah. Not everyone's as lucky to find someone that treats them with respect. But, the, but this is when we go back to what we were talking about, uh, even earlier on the podcast, though, is when you, you need to surround yourself with people that want the best for you yes, and, and have your best they interests at be heart. And, they, and, and they're brutally honest with you. They'll, they'll tell you, they'll, they'll you know, not, not to the point of being vindictive, but to the point where they genuinely want to see you going, you know, waking up happy. Yeah. They, they want to oh see you. They want the best for you. you know, and, and for you to be following the thing that makes you happiest that mm-hmm. you know that makes the world a better place you know yeah. and that it's a hard thing to do if it was easy then anybody would want to do it yeah but you've oh, got it's to never spend, easy you've, you've just got, got to, to put the time away yeah absolutely and then the moment that you've done these things is that you've got to keep them going um and when you keep them going they're easier to keep going the moment that you have begun yeah like they are you know it's the it's the time that you put into it at that point and all of a sudden you're 
going to sleep after a month of shit and you go, that's all right, actually. It takes not too time. Bad. It takes time to do that. And it's, it could be a month. It could be a year. Mm. It could be however long, but that it's your journey. And I do think there is a divine timing for almost everything in your life. So, you know, how people say everything happens for a reason. If you're going through a bad time, you think, fuck you. I thought you fucking... Toxic positivity. I'm not doing it today. Toxic positivity. Is that yours? I've never heard toxic positivity. It's not quite mine, but I like that. It's toxic sometimes, (laughs) and you just think, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. I just feel like crying and screaming into my pillow today. I don't want to be positive. I feel so. I am Miss Toxic Positivity. I am that guy. I am the essence of. I don't know. I'm the opposite. Oh, okay, good. I feel way too much like positivity. I'm like, come on, gang. No, that's what we would say is positivity. (laughs) When I say toxic positivity, what I mean is like someone that's like, come on, it'll be all right. And it's like they're trying to be helpful, but sometimes. What we need to realise is that if someone's struggling, they need to just be in that struggle. Sometimes people need to be left alone. Oh, this is a really interesting not thing you're left talking alone, about. No, but no, no. More... But some, well, sometimes, yeah. Well, I, I don't know for, what you mean. Not for a like, month. No, no. Oh, no, no absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Lock them away. Don't speak to them. I know what you mean. Like, uh, there's, uh, because I was, I was talking about somebody, uh, talking about this with somebody the other day. When, um, uh, actually, no, it was the other month, actually. Uh, but it was a great conversation. And it was that, um, uh, so, um, I, okay, right, um, I, I, I always want to, um, I, I really wanted to drive, but I never got around to being able to finish okay. doing driving. And, um, as a result, my, my dad always tells me, and, and it's got to the point where it's almost nagging. It's not, but it's almost nagging. And, and I was like, oh God, dad, dad just come God on. Damn it, God dad. damn it, dad. Sort of thing, and I just, you know, I'd end up like just, oh, I've got to leave the conversation because yeah, it's like, I go, you feel I, like you could bite a head thank off. You, thank you ever so much. I'm going to go to bed. It's been a pleasure type thing, and you're getting better. And you, uh, you're like an angry sleep. Yeah. You know, oh my god, angry like, and, sleeps. And uh, but that which is terrible because then you'd wake up and you you're like, I am so glad I went to sleep, but I don't know how I got to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and uh, like I just remember thinking like there's. There's like in around my close circle of family, loved ones, and friends. I have like two uh, two types of people that like kind of at, that approach me in terms of uh, things. Where there's one type of person that will approach me and they'll go, they go, "How is that exact problem that you were dealing with that you told me about last time going? You know, do you need?" And they're coming from a place, place of love. Yeah, they're coming from a place of love, and they're asking exactly how your endeavor with that situation is yeah. going. And they, they, care. But, oh, they care, and they'll go through the entire thing with you, and in doing so. They'll make you anxious and knackered by the time you get to finishing a sentence because you've spent all day and all week and all month Being attempting, upset. fighting this very problem. And then they'll oh go, my God, it's so exhausting. how's that dragon in your closet? Are you still fighting it? And you go, you're covered in singes and stuff. Yeah. And you go, yes, yeah, you're dragon. the 15th person that's talked to me today about the fucking dragon. I don't want to talk about the Aww. dragon anymore. You know, and, it, you know, like, and then there's some people that will, and then there's the other type of person. The other type of person also cares about it. And they'll go to you and they'll go, is there anything you want to yeah. Or would you like to talk about the dragon? Yes, it's about and open questions. Exactly. It's not telling. It's yeah. not like direct. It's open. It's yeah. leaving that choice. And then sometimes, yeah, exactly. And then, and then, because I'm the type of person that sometimes I'll, I just, I'm like, I'm talking about the fucking dragon. And oh how much God. it's annoyed <laughs> me right now. Or I'll go, I'm done talking about the dragon. Yeah, I can't I, do this I, right now. If yeah. I talk about the dragon anymore, it feels like it gives it power inside me, and I don't want it renting space you. in my head. I just want to sit and have a cold beer and have a good chat with you. 
I love how you say that, like it's taking control of you. What it sounds like there is like, let's just not put the dragon face on it. I think it's more your shadow sister or shadow brother in your case, shadow, however you want to define yourself, shadow self, shadow ghost, whatever. But your shadow self there is like, you know, the darker side of you that, you know, does things that you don't always like, but it's about working with her or with him or working with your, your shadow self. Um, and I think that's really important to work with that because you feel like it's controlling you because it is you. It's another side of you. I look like, uh, so your shadow self would be kind of feel like you when you're almost an autopilot type thing. Absolutely. Or you when you might have done something bad, done something embarrassing, um, you know, said something you didn't mean or was feeling a certain way and didn't look after yourself. So like, this is just an example. Like, um, this year I've recently, um, started working with a life coach who is absolutely amazing, loved her so much. We had kind of been like dictating whether or not I was going to work with her for about two years and divine timing happened. And she offered a program that was available for a group of women. And in that time, I've got to meet all different girls across the UK, you know, Scotland, some abroad, some overseas. And we've become a really tight unit in this five-week program. And we've actually decided to continue working together because we really like it. But one of the tasks that my coach did was let's describe our shadow selves and we could name them and we could do like a whole persona, character profile. And it was really fun to start understanding that the, the darker self of ourselves, like that side yeah. that we don't like to talk about. Yeah. So we don't like to talk about it because we feel like it's bad or evil, you know, that embarrassing thing that I can be sometimes. It's more about accepting that that's just another side of you. And things, you know, are looking a bit heavy and a bit rougher, like you might approach a situation differently. So, yeah, it's just all about bonding with your shadow self. Is that what you kind of describe it almost as like the, the side of you that you go, uh, that you would say uh, maybe something that would give in to your kind of like lusts and desires? You're like, uh, like, I'm, I'm like okay, <laughs> I work um, for the podcasters, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And <laughs> so we've been talking about. <laughs> and, um, and anger as well, things like that, absolutely. you know, like or when you lose control. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like um one of the things you could mention is like, you know, I'm that girl that on a night out with my friends, I go abroad and you know, I might be fucked. You know, my friends have had to and then early and get me home in a taxi, like things like that. Or, you know, being angry, like you say, like I had I used to have a really bad anger problem. Oh yeah, pretty I was very oh, angry. Very zen and then all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> punching walls, throwing my phone, breaking smashing my phone up, like loads of stuff, like really angry child. Um have you seen anger management? No. Oh, Jack Nicholson did a great speech. So uh, he does oh, this great speech where he that. says he says, okay, there's two types of people. There's the explosive anger and the implosive anger. He says explosive is the man that walks into the store and shouts at the store clerk mm. for getting his order wrong, and yeah. then goes out and shouts shouts at the parking attendant for uh, putting uh, a ticket on his car. Implosive is the store clerk who day after day deals with people being upset every day until eventually takes a gun and shoots everybody in the store. (laughs) Yeah, but that's an extreme example of of analysis of of Disney. But I'll say that like I'm I'm definitely implosive. Yeah. I will put up with lots of things and then all of a sudden I will I think you'll just (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think I, I do think like it's important. This is another thing I try and like share within the community I'm trying to create or just share with friends. It's like I actually feel like my whole entire life I was quite angry as a child. My family like, you know, you, you know, you're angry, blah blah blah. Um I 
always felt really biased about being angry, but I think the times of anger were when I was a teenager and a young child. You don't understand, like, you don't have to understand your emotions. You don't understand anything of, like, context of anger. You just let that emotion out. So I do think it's important to know that as long as you're angry and you're not hurting someone, you're not hurting anyone. You're not hurting someone and you just need to feel, like, being really mean. You're being angry within yourself and you're not trashing them. Something I used to do. <laughs> or even as an early in early adulthood I did this, you know, third year troubles, only happened once. But, you know, I think it's about learning that anger is not a bad thing. I do think that a lot of us have taught, and I think it stems from childhood, that anger is fine. And it's not fine. It's just a way of where you've had enough, your brain is trying to process so many thoughts and mm-hmm. emotions at once that you just explode. Yeah. That is what anger is. Expressing your emotions. Yeah. Exactly. Everything like, that's out because like and the other thing as well is that when, in terms of delivering information, it's two, there's two conflicting uh, um, types, of, uh, uh, sorry, uh, things which uh, are pieces of information that my, my dad has told me uh, because he's, he's had three boys um, mm-hmm. over, the, over, the, <laughs> over the years. Um, <laughs> it has its ups and downs as well. And there's two other things he's told me. But one thing is that ch- uh, children are sponges, they just touch oh, yeah, the information all over the place, all over the place. And he also said as well that children, they're also like, when they get a little bit older, then they're a little bit like balloons. You compress them, which is kind of like you can put rules and things yeah. and all what, but eventually there will be... An explosion. Yeah, absolutely. I love your dad already. Yeah. I've not even yeah. met him, but I, I think that's uh, a really nice way to say it. It's like... My dad is awesome. You, I, I love mean, my dad. you talk about him with such respect. Shout out, Pops. Yeah, he's probably going to be watching dad, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, he sounds great, but I do think that that's really true. I think that you can only take in so much and you inhale, 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 and then it gets to the point where you can't inhale anymore and you literally have to exhale and that mm-hmm. might be the explosion itself. You're a vessel for things. You are literally way, a vessel. You know, humans are so interesting and I do think that I am just want to be in a place where I can actually say to people, do you know what, if you're angry today, as long as you're not going to be mean to no one else, as long as you're not going to hurt yourself, I mean, that's inevitable. That, that can unfortunately happen sometimes, but, you know, as long as you're not going to like really be mean, like you say, shout at the store clerk, yeah. then just be angry. If you're in your room and you just think, fuck everyone, fuck everything, fuck her, fuck him, fuck them, right? Bring your pillow. Do something like journal. And even if you aggressively write shit down, like I fucking hate the lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you probably don't mean the hate word. You're just no. angry. But if you need to journal shit down, do it. Do it. Do it. Get rid write of it. Write stuff down. That is an important thing that you just oh said there. Like my, yeah, well, my mother said it to me uh, four months ago. She said, really? she said like, well, if you're this angry about stuff, mm-hmm. you uh, write it down. And then um, sometimes there's loads of different people do. Some people, some people write it down and destroy it. Yeah, write it down it. and delete That's it. Burn thing. it. Yeah, uh, write it down Rip in a diary up. and then save it up. And then you can go back and revisit. And you yeah. go, how was I so upset over a dropping? But isn't a, it good to yeah. learn like where you come? Because without writing exactly. that down, how I, do you I, know I how you've grown? I delete oh, my. Really? I write huge oh, essays of hate and, and hate? self. You know, yeah, hate and self de- depression and pity and all sorts of shit in my self phone. deprecation. Um, and then I and then I delete I it. I do oh, think it's. And a- I feel really good. It's like having a. Pardon me. It's like having a huge shit. It really is. Like having <laughs> the biggest poo. Yeah, in I mean, the world. it's quite a satisfying <sighs> thing. That's a good thing. You know, I'm good but no um i think that is you know it's all about 
the way that you like to do things. Express. And I think it's being, yeah, being comfortable with your own methods and your yeah. own way of navigating through something that is hurtful mm. and upsetting, stressful. It's all about navigation and finding what works for you. And don't and don't, never forgetting to tend to that method to to, to, oh to, God, to return yeah. to it because sometimes yeah. you you're angry and you forget about the method. Yeah. Yeah. You forget. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. What do. what do I do when I'm upset? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Stuff down and then you know. And that's only when I'm upset. So this is another thing I, I'd like to think about is that I'm guilty of this, and I think a lot of us are, but me especially. Um, like we know these methods and we know this navigation and we know when to work with ourselves. Mm. Um, but we only do that when I think it's too late, when we've reached the absolute yeah. boiling point. Yeah. That's when you're like, shit, I need to journal, shit, I need to scream it out. It's more about, I think, if we learn to do this practice as much as we possibly can, once a day, you know, every other day, then I don't think it always gets to that point, I must say. Yeah. I must say it doesn't get to that point if you do it every day or every other day. It won't. It physically can't. Because you are talking so much to yourself, you know, unless you've done something like, I don't know, stood on a plug that's facing upwards, you're going to scream, you're going to get, <laughs> there's no, there's no getting rid of that, that's just like a pain, that's the worst pain. Yeah. That is the absolute that is suffering, like, it's like just a nail. Yeah. Or um, glass. Um, we are on, I think, an hour and four hours. I can't really see from here. Um, are I you mean, good to come on the lady? Yeah, I can't. I've I've got pretty poor vision. Um, I think we're like on. Over here. Um, we're oh, on one hour, hour time and forty nine seconds. So yeah, we've been rambling. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, are you are you pushy with? Uh, um, do you want to keep going? I'm good. I've got more beer down here, uh, so I can keep going. No, I feel like we can we can roll five minutes. I think let's close this up. But, yeah. Um, the thing is with me and Will is that you know, when I was growing up, I was always told. And it always made me feel really bad, but I must admit, as I've gotten older, this is how I know that I'm on the right path and with the right people. A lot of my friends talk as much as I do, and they never say, You fucking talk to me, bitch. They talk with me, they carry on the conversation, and I've got plenty of I'm rebuttal, I've got things to say. I don't want to hear about it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how I know I'm at least on the right path. Like, no one's just like, Yeah, I'm right about this. Yeah, stop talking now. I don't know what to say, stop talking. You talk with me, and that's how I know that I'm surrounding myself with the right people that I love to engage and continue chatting to me and chatting in general, learning things about each other. Just well that. said. Cheers. <laughs> well, that was a wonderful episode. Thank you ever so much, everybody, for, um, Thank uh, you for tuning in. in. And um, I will, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging you back on. You're coming back on here again. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to stop saying absolutely all day now. No. <laughs> absolutely. Left, but absolutely. And um, that's going to be the But no, I want to say again how I started this podcast. Absolute huge thanks to Will for having me on here today. I mean, this is something that you have spoke about for a while, having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for it. I'm absolutely more than happy again i've loved every minute there's so much there's sometimes in life when you do so much like even if you doesn't feel like prep you feel like you do so much prep in life when you're like oh my god i could probably do that and you think oh maybe in a bit and then sometimes you just gotta go you just have to do it let's do it yeah i mean honestly i felt like i hadn't prepped much for this but i want to get my my best natural self and that's what i put to the table today mm -hmm. um yeah like really thank you and i wanted to say like you had this idea and this vision of having a podcast a year ago. Um, 
you made that shit happen. Like, I know it's tough starting a podcast. I know that I've had horror stories of people buying equipment and well, it's not still days and, as well. You know, there's a lot of technical difficulties or, you know, some it's really hard to get a podcast out there. Like, it's not easy, you know, getting that engagement and getting a community. But I want to say, like, congratulations to you for not listening to the ego and going with it. Thank you. Well, I, I'm lucky that I know so many interesting. Well, for, for me, I'm. I feel like I'm a very half critic in life of what I find interesting and cool. And yeah. So I, I try and surround myself with people that I find interesting yeah. and cool. But then and, it's about learning and, as well. and other interesting and cool people. Yeah. Well, that that like you know, interesting learning. Like yeah. you know, like what you know, and and challenging what I say because I'm, I'm not. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because I'm. I'm fucking. You know, I'm very far from that. And, but I want to be I want to be better and and I understand that it takes time in doing that so um, you know this is only podcast number 13 I've been doing this for a year now and I I, as I said I've been so lucky so yeah thank you so much Um, thank you for having me see you next time everybody bye like and subscribe